Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm Kamisha Lucier, your host, and I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Today, we're going to talk about God's warriors, preparing your heart. And it is an introduction to what we're going to do for this next um, season of Live in the Messiah's Love. Last week, we talked about um, what the Lord's season is, what He's doing here and now, and His heart and focus of this season and the people of God within that um, focus of the Lord. So in order to get ready for what God is doing and and be that person that He's looking for, we're going to go through a training course. We're going to spend our time, um, and we're going to go through three different phases, um, just like if you could relate it to something in the natural, I would compare it to the military. Um, we're going to go through basic training. Then we're going to transition and go through active duty. And then we'll focus on special forces. And basic training will go from being just a volunteer to the military to learning the, the kingdom principles and the ways that God thinks to hear his heart, but get to know God, his character and his nature, and also learn how to position ourselves mentally to function in the kingdom of God. Yes, we are reborn spirits when we um, get saved, when we receive the Lord and Savior as our Lord and Savior. But we still have to do what's called renewing the mind and working out our soul salvation. And within that, it's not a free-for-all. The kingdom of God is just that. It's a kingdom that's based on laws and principles and um, rules, not in the sense of being restrained, but in the sense of this is how the kingdom operates. And just like when you go from a civilian to being a member of the active duty forces or joining the military, even if it's um, in a reservist perspective, you have to learn to transact business within the military. You have to learn military concepts, military rules and regulations, and how to function as a healthy an appropriate member of the armed forces. So we got that idea from God. So we're going to learn how to do that in the kingdom. And then when we transition to active duty, um, when we enter that phase of the course, it's going to be focused on you fulfilling your particular job in the kingdom. Now, basic training is about how everybody learns to think like a kingdom citizen and function as an active and healthy and productive member of the kingdom. Active duty is going to be assigning you and training you up on your specific roles in the kingdom and how you best fit into what God is asking you to do so that you hone in and are able to be functioning and productive in that arena. The scripture tells us that there are different members in the body of Christ, but each has a specific purpose. Your hand has a purpose. Your fingers have a purpose. Your arm has a purpose. Your neck has a purpose, your shoulders, and so on and so on throughout the body. And each part of you is important. So likewise, in the kingdom of God, each part of the body um, that is the body of Christ is important and it has a specific role and a function. So getting um, fit um, and grabbing understanding of who you are in God's perspective and how to function actively and accurately within that arena will help you be prepared to, to do your job, if you will, in the kingdom, which is of the most importance to the Lord. 
and then we'll progress on to special forces. The special forces, if you know anything about the military, this would be like your Navy SEALs or your Green Berets. They're the people that are a cut above the average soldier that are trained specially to do special mission assignments that have been given by their leadership. And that would be the government. Well, in the kingdom of God, there are still special forces. Um, you might've heard of people uh, referred to as God, God's generals of faith and things of that nature. But in the kingdom, there are also those who have a different commitment level, which is, we, we touched on that last week, and they are able to go beyond just the basics. And they are able to go to places and accomplish tasks that the Lord has reserved for those he knows is faithful. So we're going to transition through all those phases together, and we're going to do it kind of in a lecture and lab setup. So that means we're going to have two episodes released every week, and the first um, episode of the week is going to be lecture. That's going to be where the Word of God is presented on a particular topic that the Lord uh, wants us to learn uh, based on the phase that we're in. So for basic training, which is where we're going to start first, um, we're going to talk about different um, different learnings, um, different topics, if you will, that are essential and vital to being an effective and functioning member in the kingdom of God. And then we're going to have on the second episode of the week, we're going to have kind of a lab session, which will go over um, specific meditations that go with the the lesson that the Lord is, is teaching that week. Um, prayer focus, um, scriptures to meditate on and to read and questions to meditate on before the Lord to ask him about and get his perspective, but also ask yourself and do some personal reflection to see how you line up with the, the word of God, how you line up with the, the mirror that is the word of God. So I am super looking forward to this and I'm very looking forward to you being here with me. So Let's go ahead and get into this uh, this week's episode. So this week, we're just going to have one episode and the two episode sequence is going to start next week. But today is drawing your heart near to God to be ready for what he's doing in this season. And our springboard scripture for that is Joel 2 verse 12 and 13. It says, now, therefore, says the Lord. Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Well, we know God is, he is not in the business of doing harm. He is a good God. But he's saying something here in particular in these verses that on the surface, you might not catch just because of how we've been trained um, to, to look at the word of God. But here's what he says. He says, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. But then he says in verse 13, so rend your heart and not your garments. Well, if you've spent any time reading through the scriptures, you notice that when the people of God or any people in the earth were told that, you know, maybe judgment was coming or that the Lord was displeased or they were facing troubles or something sad happened to them, they would tear their clothes and mourn. But the Lord is saying, uh, can you rend your heart? <laughs> 
can you get your heart together and not just give me an outward demonstration of how you feel on the inside, which is temporary because soon as they're not sad anymore, they're going to go put on a new garment and carry on their business. But that doesn't indicate that their heart has ever been changed. And the Lord is looking for us to put off the traditional or outside actions that would seem to demonstrate how we feel on the inside or what our focus is on the inside. Um, and he's looking for us to transition from a momentary a momentary uh, reflection or repentance and move into our heart being consistent with God, consistently moving towards God and in a way that is pleasing to him and abiding with him versus a momentary uh, disposition based on something uh, unpleasant coming our way that we're trying to avoid in some way, shape, or form. God wants us just to love him and to walk with him with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength and love our neighbor as ourselves because he said so. Not because we're trying to get something or avoid something or, um, you know, anything else other than the fact that we love him. So I just want to go over the word of the Lord that I read to you last week, um, just to refresh that in your mind and, and in your heart so that you can focus on this and meditate on it as you are preparing your heart um, and drawing yourself nearer to God to get ready for this move in the season that he's in. And it says, the Lord said he is looking for a people who will serve him in a way that they put his will and perspective above their own, that they are willing to forsake all and follow him. The Lord equates these people as David's mighty men of valor, an elite group. And while many will enter the kingdom, some by the proverbial skin of their teeth, there is an elite group of people in the earth who will worship God in a way that they are willing to do and perform everything that he's asking them to do. Their business on the earth is to seek his will above their own to the exclusivity of seeking his will and not their own or anyone else's. So that means they won't be pressured. They won't be swayed. They won't stray. They are intently and deeply and with their hearts completely committed to and focused on doing what the Lord asked them to do, what the Lord created and designed them to do and finish that purpose that he has predestined for them here on the earth. Jesus had that same mindset. He, while he is not a created being, he is God. He was placed in the earth for a reason and with a purpose that was ordained by Father God in heaven. And he even said, I would not have come to you unless the Father had sent me. So he didn't even decide to help humanity on his own uh, cognition. He did it because God the Father told him to come and do it and sent him here to do just that. So the Lord is looking for that kind of focus in us. And he wants us to move from being a sheep who is being and needs to be herded towards the Lord. You think about that, a shepherd always going to round up those lost and stray sheep, always running to find them and needing, you know, sometimes even a dog to run around the sheep to keep them in their place. He's saying transition from being one who needs to be herded towards him, H-E-R-D-E-D, and moved and pushed towards the Lord to being a sheep who knows who his or her shepherd is and is intentional about moving toward and following him him without having to be told or prompted to do so. You know, that, that represents a change in mindset. We should not be sheep, sheep going astray. At this point, you know who the Lord is. You know who your God is, I hope. 
And you should know how much you mean to him and know that it's your responsibility to stay with him. Remember in Joel 2 verses 12 through 13, he said, turn to me with all your heart. So that denotes that their back was to him or they weren't facing him fully. You don't need to tell someone to turn to you if they're already where they need to be. That means they're out of alignment and position. And God is looking for his people to move from this, this wayward sheep that's always needing to be brought back from going astray to one who is focused, the one who loves him and knows him and is doing their part to follow the shepherd because they recognize who their shepherd is. And, you know, many people think that this is something that will just happen automatically. You'll just kind of wake up to it one day, but that's not the case. It's not going to happen without your diligent focus and effort. You know, when we talked about uh, David's mighty men uh, last week, and we, we looked at some points of people who demonstrated that kind of intensity and attention and focus on the Lord, one thing that stood out to me about David's mighty men were that they came to him. He didn't go out and have to round them up. You know, even when they, they called the army, if you, if you look back through scripture, and even in, in most regards, the mighty men, the warriors, the people of valor know that something's going on and they show up. But the rest of the army needed to be called. They needed the trumpet to be sounded. They needed a horn to blow. They needed some kind of prompting or provocation to come forward and, and get into alignment and put on battle array, if you will, and, and then join themselves to the military. But those that had that heart of the warrior that had the, um, the spirit of the mighty men of valor on the inside of them knew what time it was. And they came without being called. Now let's take a look over at Joel 2, verse 16, um, B. And actually we'll read the whole scripture. It says, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babes. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. So the first part of the scripture is, is telling someone else to go gather the people, right? That's the bringing the whole group. I got to blow the trumpet for you to show up because there's a problem. There's something going on. Now we need to fight. We should be focused. But the second part of... Joel chapter two, verse 16, it says, let the bridegroom come out or go out from his chamber. Let the bride from her dressing room. So let her get up and come out where she's supposed to be. Stop focusing on what you think is important right now. Yes, the wedding day seems like it's the most important day of a woman's life, right? And the scripture is saying, get up. Why do you need to be called? Come out here because now it's time to focus. And even to the bridegroom, come out of your dressing room. Why do we have to come and knock on your door and tell you it's time to fight? You should know. And we God's people here on this earth today. We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us who's always prompting us. He's always leading us. He's always guiding us. He's always teaching us. So as he's moving with us, let us move with him and be willing to do that so that we are positioned where we're supposed to be so that God can get his work done. And we are found ready, always ready for any time he wants to move in the earth. And that's the thing about the David's mighty men of valor, the ones we talked about last week. He wasn't even speaking to them and they just overheard him and heard his heart and moved to go and carry out his whim, his will, because they loved him. Now we're going to connect um, Joel chapter two, verse 16, with um, a popular 
section of scripture, Matthew 24, verses 37 and 38. And it says, but as the days of Noah were, so will the coming of the son of man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Now, typically when we read this scripture, we think, okay, that's, that's because the, the earth was filled with blood, everybody was sinning, and they were being wicked. But I tell you this scripture, and even if you continue to read on past this, it's not just about sin. The things that are listed there about people doing everyday life stuff, kind of like what we read in Joel chapter two, verse 16 uh, B, the bridegroom is he's getting ready for his marriage. The bride, she's getting prepared for her wedding. There's nothing wrong with that. The marriage bed is undefiled. Marriage is honorable among all, but it was not the time for them to be doing that because there was something more important going on. So the Lord is saying these people, when the, when the Lord comes, people are going to be just going about everyday life stuff. They're going to be too busy and not paying attention to the Lord's movements, his action, his will, his plan, etc. And, you know, the way that we've been taught this, I'll say religiously, or the way we've traditionally heard it, it gives the church a way to set themselves aside um, from being included in this group. And they go, well, I'm not sinning. You know, we like to think of it and how it doesn't apply to us. Well, I'm not sinning. I'm not murdering. I'm not, you know, eating raw blood or, you know, doing things I'm not supposed to. But if you keep reading in verse uh, 40 and 41, it says, then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Verse 41 says, two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. There's nothing wrong with being in the field. I mean, actually, you'd probably say, well, if you've got a family to feed or you're running a business, you should be tending to it. That's diligence. Or if you are a woman and, you know, you have meals to prepare for your family or, you know, you're preparing meals for your family. It's not specific to women only. But if you're preparing food, there's no sin in that. There's nothing wrong with it in and of itself. But they should have been watching They should have been watching for the king of glory's return. They should have been having their ears perked, their heart attuned to what was coming and getting ready to happen before them that I assure you they did not want to miss. So in that, you know, we're not excluded from this. And, you know, even just thinking I'll be prepared, but just like the widow, I mean, the the wise virgins, some of them went, went out with extra oil. Some of them did not, the the 10 virgins that were waiting for the bridegroom to come. And some of them had extra oil and some people that are going to be in the field will be prepared. Their heart will be ready, but others will not. And that's not just about being saved and unsaved. It's about watching and being, having fulfilled and being in tune with what the Lord is doing and saying and thinking in the earth. Now I want to talk about Peter, James, and John, just to kind of continue on this um, preparation, getting our hearts ready for the move of the Lord so that we're drawing nearer to God and not waiting for him to chase us down and give us a private invitation. Peter, James, and John had a different walk with the Lord than the other disciples did. And it would seem like he asked for more faith of them than he did the other disciples. You might say he favored them or showed them mysteries, secrets, or special things that he didn't show any of the other 12. But I would say he asked them to come higher with him and believe in him um, more than the other's disciples did or were willing to do, you could say. You know, just look at Thomas. He didn't want to believe that the Lord had risen unless he could take it in his own terms. 
But Jesus had an expectation that all of his disciples would grow and mature. But Peter, James, and John, he wanted more. He wanted them to go beyond being satisfied with simply being one of his disciples, just being on the team, if you will. He wanted them to know him beyond what their eyes could see or their ears could hear. He wanted them to know him beyond their natural senses, to be able to stand when others wouldn't and be able to remain as anchors for other believers. Peter, James, and John were an elite force. They were warriors with God. And they had private conversations with him that the others did not. And these conversations built their faith and increased their understanding. If you look at Mark 9, um, verses 8 through 14, this is the Mount of Transfiguration. And he took them with him for this purpose. And the scripture says that when we, when we love him and let his words abide in us, that he'll make himself known to us. The remaining Nine disciples that weren't with him were busy arguing with the scribes <laughs> when the three, the other three were busy getting revelation and understanding. So think about that for a second. Three disciples were so in tune to hear the private call of Jesus that they were busy getting revelation and understanding and preparation for the next phase of the journey. And then the other nine weren't. They were busy arguing and doing something else. And I'm sure in the moment, it seemed like it was important to dispute with the scribes and, um, you know, defend the name of the Lord, but that's not what the Lord displayed. And there are too many scriptures that say Jesus is no respecter of persons. And if we love him, he will manifest himself to us. If that's what our heart's desire is, if we are longing for that, he does not leave us without um, quenching our thirst, if you will, or nourishing us. No, while the Lord does not take a position or a place that he has allotted for someone else and give it to you, for example, the church does not replace Israel in his, um, or the Jews in his perspective, he does not leave us out. He is not a God that plays favorites. So if if he manifested himself to some, then he would have done it to all had they have desired it to that perspective. And again, it's easy to go, well, well, but God just has it for them and that's not for me. But if you're not seeking him, you have no expectation to find. Hmm. If you're not knocking on that door, then you should have no expectation of it to be open to you. But the Lord says he does not refuse any that come to him. So, you know, think about that for a second and change your mindset and your heart set. God is calling. If you're listening to this podcast, he's knocking on the door of your heart. He's calling out to you saying, here I am. Come deeper with me. Come higher with me and walk in my ways and get ready. Make yourself be prepared for the coming of the Lord. Be prepared for that move in this season that he wants to you to be a part of. He is going to move. And whether you're a part of it or not, it's purely up to you because he's calling. He's knocking. And even if you read Luke 9 verses 57 through 62, Jesus asked someone to follow him. And the person's response was like, first, let me go and take care of my natural responsibilities. He wasn't willing to put everything down and follow the Lord. And that is that makes a distinct distinction between whether we're going to be able to move forward and proceed with him and climb to those heights with him and be shown mysteries and things of that nature and not if we're not willing 
And willingness doesn't look like what any human would judge it on the outside. It's a matter of what God judges as coming from that person's heart. So, you know, make sure that we're staying true to that as well. There are many soldiers in an army, but that there are not many warriors. All of the children, all the people in the, were a part of the congregation that came out of Egypt, and they were a part of the children of Israel. But only few, Moses, Joshua, and Caleb, loved the sound of his voice. They wanted to hear the words he had to say, and they wanted to be a part of his movement and his action and what he was doing. The rest of the congregation, didn't want to, they did not want to hear the Lord directly. It was too loud, too scary, too burdensome in their perspective to be bothered with. They didn't want to go into the land and possess it. They didn't want to believe the best about God. They didn't want to go further with the Lord and press past their um, personal insecurities or natural minded inhibitions. They didn't want to go deeper with God and they were satisfied being on the outside. Just look at Exodus 19 uh, verses 20 and 21. And in Samuel, they wanted a king. So they, they, they wouldn't have to listen and talk to God directly. They wouldn't have to depend on him to be their answer, to be their defender, to be their judge, to be their guide. They wanted someone that they could look at the, with their eyes so that they could put separation between them and God and go, we have no accountability. So now we can do and do what we want to do and live how we want to live. But again, there are many soldiers. There are many in the congregation, and I'm you know, making quotes around that. But there are few who love the sound of his voice. There are few warriors in the, mil- in the army. There are few that go the extra mile with the Lord. So again, I want to just repeat something that I, I mentioned in last week's episode. There's a difference between being used by God for miracles. He can use a donkey, and he's proven that. The rocks will cry out. He stated that there's a difference between being used by God for miracles and being spiritually mature and a warrior that can be trusted by God to go the extra mile with him. So as we're doing this preparation time, I want you to seek the Lord about it. Prepare your heart, get your mind ready. And I'm inviting you to go on a journey with me to become that, that warrior for the Lord that he's looking for. Uh, When we start this course, I'm going to challenge you with some things (laughs) that challenge religious tradition and carnal mindsets. But if you go with me, you'll be free and you will grow and you will mature spiritually. So come with your notebooks, your pens, and a willing heart and your appetite for the things of God and the word of the Lord. You know, I know I'm, I'm being bold and very direct in how I'm speaking with you. And I want you to know that I always love you. God always loves you and he's not angry. Should you decide to turn and walk away, he will still love you. I'll still love you and I will still pray for you and God will still um, treat you just like his child. And if you dare to go beyond the superficial with him, if you dare to go beyond the natural and what's convenient, what's easy, what looks right on the outside or just as a I'll say impressive to humans and you choose and desire to go deeper with God. He will be there for you and he will show you things that you have never known before so that not only are you free personally in your walk and relationship with him and able to enter into this special reward that he has, the special um, 
time with him, but you will be able to liberate others and that you will be able to bring freedom to them and deliver captives the way he wants to have it done. So I just wanted to encourage you to remember to live your life in the Messiah's love. And I'm looking forward to meeting you back here next week. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe.